welcome to the Creek Default Podcast, where we discuss the latest news, laws, and trends affecting your industry. Welcome back to the Creek Default Podcast. I'm your host, George Lepinotis. I'm joined by one of my colleagues, uh, Elizabeth Roberson. Elizabeth, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, of course. No problem. Anyway, we are here talking about something crazy interesting to a lot of people that are out there working in the state of Indiana and nationally, and that is the non-compete. We previously talked about this issue about a year and a half ago, uh, I think. Uh, we were joined by Scott Morrison at that at that time, and there was some grumblings about the future of the non-compete. First off, give us a little bit of a primer. While most people know what a non-compete uh, agreement is, or even a non-compete clause, what is the purpose of a non-compete? So there are many purposes of a non-compete. I guess probably broadly, um, the biggest purpose is for um, an employer to have some protection against competition of its business. We see these a lot um, with executives and you know people who have specialized knowledge from from their role um, in the business. Um, but it can you know it also can protect you know the non-disclosure of. Um, when we talk about restrictive covenants in general, which which we'll get into that just a little bit later, but this action by the FTC that they've taken um, kind of is more broad than just your typical non-compete. And so... Um, but we're, we're, we're looking at what the... And we'll get to the FTC in a second, but when we're looking at a non-compete that's applicable to an executive or a salesman or someone who has this specialized knowledge, the concept is that the company is limiting that individual's future. Is that fair to say? In some sense. So they're limiting them from competing with what we would say direct competitors. And every non-compete is is different, right? They all have their own terms, um, you know, their scope, their protected activity, um, the, you know, businesses that they can't work for, the geographic period uh, or geographic area, the time period, etc. So um, they're all fairly unique in that respect. Now, some would say that it restricts them from, you know, impacts their future employment and that um, it can cause them to have some certain restrictions um, based on on what they agree to in that non-compete. Yeah. But it is a source of controversy from time to time. That's correct. And that's why the FTC has stepped in uh, for whatever reason. They've chosen this period of time to do that. And tell me a little bit more about what they're up to and what what's changed since the last time we talked about this issue. Yeah, so we talked back in uh, 2021, actually, that the Biden administration had uh, issued an executive order um, asking the FTC to act against anti-competitive behavior. Um, and so, you know, it's been about a year and a half since then, but we suspected that there would be some action. Um, and this is what we have. So, So they've taken... They proposed a proposed rule that would essentially ban all non-competes um, and even be retroactive um, as well. That rule is currently in the comment period. Um, and in addition to that, they took action against um, a couple of employers um, who had specific non-competes. Uh, but this is the, the, the more... Um, concerning issue for for employers now really is this proposed rule um, that they've they've put into place right now so let's talk about an ftc rule or a proposed rule first off what is its authority is it's it's statutory authority that's been granted to the ftc ftc through the legislature 
Um, it comes from the FTC statutory authority. Yeah, they, they propose they they purport that this authority comes from Section Five of the FTC Act. Um, there are lots of rumblings out there that you know people disagree that they have this this type of authority, um, but that's that's purportedly where this comes from. Um, and a proposed rule has has no effect at at the time, right? Um, it's just proposed. It's in its comment period. However, after they review the comments, if the rule were to go into effect, it would um, it would amend uh, Title 16 of the Code of Federal Regulations, um, which just to give you kind of like a background of what Title 16 even encompasses. Um, we're talking about like the rules regarding the FTC, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the Magnuson Moss Act, the Hart Scott Rodino Antitrust Act, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, and then there's a chapter on the Consumer Protection Safety Commission. And this proposed rule would create a new chapter for for the regulation of non-competes, um, which just that in and itself tells you just how um, just how extreme this action is. Well, and so the the argument would be that they're overreaching in in the in the purview of the of their enabling statute, right? And certainly many have have opined that. Now, to be fair to both sides of this argument, it is not a silent argument whereby everyone thinks that a non-compete is necessarily a good thing. It can create log jams in the employment sector, can't it? That's correct. Um, and, uh, you know, and non-competes can be misused um, and have, you know, been misused. Um, and that's why they're regulated by courts. Um, um, and some states have laws regarding non-competes as well. Um, Indiana is pretty um, pretty liberal in its non-compete regulation. Um, but, you know, if we're talking about like California or, um, you know, or New York, um, those they have much more restrictive provisions on non-competes. And so when we say Indiana is liberal, what, what we're saying is that Indiana allows an employer and an employee to make a bargain. And, 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 it, and to include a non-compete as part of that employment agreement. That's correct. Yeah. And, I mean, let's start with from the employer's perspective. Navigating a non-compete is always a tricky thing anyways, right? And not one that is should be done without the advice of skilled counsel. That, that is certainly uh, correct. I, we are constantly uh, making that pitch. Yeah, well, and I think that that's part, a big part of your practice is just knowing what you can and can't include in these documents to begin with, even in a liberal, uh, a fairly liberal uh, jurisdiction like Indiana, courts still have historically taken a pretty hard look at these things, haven't they? Yes, that's correct, and that's why uh, we, you know, we review lots and lots of non-competes because. Um, the you know the law is always changing in that in that courts are ruling um, you know that certain non competes are unenforceable or certain provisions of non competes are unenforceable or too broad um, and so it's always good to to have counsel take a look at your non compete agreement and okay. just to make sure even every portion of it is enforceable. So, but as we look at this rule and this current. Uh, FTC attempted at action here, it would be national, right? That's correct. So it would apply to every state and every employee in every state. And it would, it, would it ban, and I guess is ban the right word? Would it ban non-competes completely? And, and would that also include non-competes that are already in effect? 
that that's correct. And uh, the way that the rule defines non-compete is very broad. It's defined as a contractual term between an employer and, empl- and a worker that prevents the worker from seeking or accepting employment with a person or operating a business after the conclusion of the worker's employment with the employer. Then they go into like a functional test, which makes that definition even broader. And, and they talk about it could also apply in, in terms of, you know, agreements that functionally act like non-competes, um, such as non-disclosure agreements that prohibit an employee um, from working in the same field or requirements to pay back training costs um, that that inhibit an employee in some way. Um, and it also is retroactive, um, and it re- would require employers to go back and rescind non-competes um, that they've entered into both with employees that are currently working for them, but also for employees that are um, that have left and are currently under a non-compete, right? So they're not even current employees. Okay. So it would basically just erase the world of non-competes. What about non-competes for sellers of a business? That is the only caveat um, to this to this proposed rule is that um, a person selling a business that owns 25% or more of that business, um, that a non-compete is allowed for that person. Uh, but but outside of, and they have to own 25% or more. So we're talking like, you know, the, the biggest stakeholders in the sale of a business, not, right. not, not um, lower employees. Right, right. Um, well, as you look at this, do you have a good handle on the timeline for this rule and when it could potentially make it out of comment period and into law? Or, yeah. Or I don't maybe law's the wrong word because it sounds like there might be a whole lot of challenges to this rule. Make it into rule. That's correct. Yeah. So so March 20th is the deadline by which um, employers and employees and interested, you know, members of the public um, can submit comment to the FTC. Currently, and this has been um, ongoing since uh, January 5th. Um, and just in you know not even a month's period, um, they already have five thousand comments, um, and so I suspect it's going to more than double. Um, and um, and with rules that have that many comments, um, typically, the time frame from which you know the comment period ends to when the FTC actually takes action, um, and adding you know to add this rule to the federal regulations. Um, uh, it takes you know months, if not years. Sometimes. The more comments, the more time. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Fair enough. And so, and employers would have 180 days after the rule was uh, put into the CFR um, to to take before it was ineffective. Yeah. Which is interesting because as we go backwards and we think about the comment period and we think about retroactive non-competes, uh, having 180 days on top of the comment period, a lot of non-competes would expire on their face, anyways. But um, you know, it's such a fascinating concept for a couple of reasons. I, from an employer's perspective, the non-compete really is the only protection that that employer may have to gain the trust and be able to operate, especially as, as business information becomes much more uh, specialized and valuable. Yeah, that's very correct. Uh, the, the, so... And the FTC, there's two sides to this, really, and even within the members of the commission, um, in that there were, it was a three to one vote 
um, three of the members of com- the commission supported this proposed rule um, and said that it would actually it would help workers, um, that it would increase salary, and it would increase their ability to transfer jobs. Um, and so it's going to, um, you know, be a good thing for our workforce. And then on the flip side, one of the commissioners actually said that um, this is not good. This this is a horrible um, thing for our workers um, and our businesses, and um, has you know specifically said that it's a radical departure from hundred years, hundreds of years of legal precedent. Um, that previously we've employed a fact specific inquiry to determine whether a non compete is valid or not, um, and so to create this bl- blanket rule. Um, her, in her opinion, it would actually hurt workers. So, um, back to your definition of non-compete. Do you believe it includes other restrictive covenants that an employee may be under? Um, I think it. I think it would. Um, <clears throat> it will. It would include anything that acted like a non-compete, um, and so th- that would restrict an em- employee from from working for someone else. And um, you know that. There are, um, I, I don't think non-solicitations are going to come under this, but I think we're going to see like what non-disclo- about non-disclosures. Yeah, I think it's going to apply to non-disclosure agreements, especially those that are so specialized. Like say someone works in a very specialized field um, and the non-disclosure agreement prevents them from taking a lot of knowledge with them, um, that it's going to inhibit them from continuing to work in that specialized field. Um, and so it could apply even there, I believe. So could... Could a scientist, and I like to use this this description, it probably ages me, but could a scientist at Coca-Cola go over to Pepsi and say, I've I've, I've gained this knowledge on how Coke is made to taste the way Coke tastes, and that is my knowledge, that's not Coke's formula? I mean, at what point does that become a slippery slope? And that's the tricky part here. Um, Also, another reason why I think you mentioned a little earlier that even if this rule does become effective, it's immediately going to be challenged by by a number of stakeholders here. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that that seems pretty obvious. Um, And we've seen that in recent history with uh, student loan debt relief and other um, rule-based actions that are taken by the executive body are are being challenged in courts. Yes, and I think, you know, not to get political in this, but um, at the time that the FTC reviews all these comments and decides to act, it really will depend on, you know, the administration that's in office sure. at that period of time. Well, and that's right. I mean, you know, not having to be political, I think that this is, um, you know, a, a, an executive body is is led by the executive. And I think that's that's obviously natural. Certain agendas have different parameters. And this is just part of this agenda at the moment. It's an interesting topic and, and one that has a lot of um, uh, pros and cons for uh, for everyone uh, involved. And I'm sure that employers and employees will be paying uh, close attention. Uh, thank you again, Elizabeth, for explaining this to us. Yeah, thanks for having me, George. Uh, if you want to learn more about Elizabeth and her practice, please uh, visit our website at Uh Otherwise, thank you for joining us and have a great day.